0: This is World Beyond War, a new podcast. Welcome to episode 39 of the World Beyond War podcast. I'm Mark Elliott Stein coming to you from Brooklyn. <laughs> Let's wait again. <laughs> we, it's going to keep happening. I'm going maybe at some point we'll just have to say welcome to Brooklyn where sirens are constantly going off. Welcome to episode 39 of the World Beyond War podcast. I'm Mark Elliott Stein, coming to you again from Brooklyn, New York. There's an interesting story to today's guest. Several weeks ago, I was introduced to a young and energetic peace activist named Timmy Barabas, who I learned was originally from Hungary and now living in Aotearoa, which some people also refer to by the name New Zealand. Timmy had created a youth-led organization called Rise for Lives, was only 20 years old herself, and was trying to travel around the world to get her movement started. This was including, hopefully, a trip to New York City. So I met Timmy online and told her that, unfortunately, I didn't have any good leads for where she could stay if she made it to New York. And since often I have these types of conversations with people who are traveling and never hear from them again, I was actually quite surprised, Timmy, when a couple of weeks later, here you are, you showed up, you found your way here, and you know, that really shows me that the person I met is not just another person with some ideas, but somebody who's really serious about um, getting a movement started, leading a movement, meeting people, and, and breaking the rules and finding a way to change the world. And that's who I think I've met in you, Timmy. Um, So I'm very excited to interview you for the World Beyond War podcast. The other funny thing is when you arrived in New York, it turned out that you are staying with some friends one block away from where I live in Flatbush, Brooklyn, Um, literally a block away, which when you consider how large the city is, is an amazing coincidence. For this reason, I thought it'd be fun to try something I've never done before and do this interview outdoors. So Timmy and I are here in Prospect Park. It might be a little noisy. You might hear some sirens or airplanes or helicopters. But we're gonna we're gonna have fun with it and see how this goes. So hello, Timmy. How are you? Thank you
1: for the introduction. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Yes, it's quite unbelievable that I'm in New York. I think I'm with myself. It's, it's
0: unbelievable, to me that you made it. And so tell me what I mean. You you're originally from Hungary. Yes. What's your experience like of, of being here?
1: Um. Man, well, to be honest, it's a lot better than I expected. Okay. It's like I in in like New Zealand and Hungary, I I heard that like people in the US are quite different, mm-hmm. and that it's like a very different place. And people don't feel safe here. But when I came here, it's just like whoever I, and everyone I asked people are well, really helpful and kind, and I felt quite safe. Which is like I don't expect that. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy with how things are so far. I feel
0: home here. Nice. Tell us, what is Rise for Lives? What are What is it you're doing? Who are you and why are you doing this? And what is it that you're doing?
1: Um. So Rise for Lives was started in 2020. Okay. So during my high school years.
0: Two years ago. Two
1: years ago. And basically, it's, um, so the way it started is, um, I was I was very active in the climate space for like since I was 16, and during my during 2020, I I mean it's actually started like years earlier, like when I was
0: 16.
1: Mhm. Yeah, she just said my story. Yeah, so it's like when I was 16, I moved to New Zealand, and uh, I couldn't speak any English.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I couldn't speak English. And you were you
0: were speaking Hungarian? Is I was that? speaking okay. again, so I couldn't.
1: Okay. I started high school without like knowing where I am what I'm doing I I knew knew nobody it was quite a scary experience and uh, I I started a new school which had like no classrooms it was like a modern education system which I didn't expect like that I got into that school like we didn't know what's going to wait for us and that school just was very different like they encouraged life learning like life lessons and life skills different in what
0: way? like
1: it it wasn't like traditional like we do not have classrooms Okay. We didn't have like we didn't have classes. We had like modules, and it was like such a different system. We didn't have as much homework. We were encouraged to go and meet people and like do things which are, which educate us for the real life. Mm-hmm. And it was really good for me because I got a lot in, in school in Hungary. I was failing a lot because of learning disabilities. Okay. And uh, coming to New Zealand, I was expecting to be bullied. I was expecting to be like I, I was expecting that I would not fast school because I couldn't speak the language. Right, and because of my disabilities, and it was really like surprising how the school just was so light for me. And uh, so basically, the way my story started is, um, I, I started studying a food technology class. Okay, when I was sixteen, and the school was new, like they didn't have any composting systems and environmental protection, like it was like okay. everything was going to waste, and I started feeling like. How is this going How, like what what are we doing like people are dying because you don't, don't have food and we are wasting food like, let's just click something in me mm-hmm. so i started taking home food i started like t- talking to the teachers that we have to do something on google Translate because i couldn't speak the language right so I google Translate. <laughs> and, <laughs> that makes it a little
0: harder yes <laughs> yes
1: yeah, so and it got to the point but i just decided to spend my whole summer holiday the first one in New Zealand Designing the system for my school so that we could reduce food waste. Okay. And during the summer, like at the end, I had the, I have done the presentations on how the project could work, how to reduce the, the food waste in my school, how to educate people about it. And I had to look for a background song for my presentation to show to the okay. principals. I asked my dad, Do you know any songs that would flash people? Right. And he was like, Sit down on the sofa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he turned on TV. And he put on the song We Are the World for Michael Jackson. We
0: are the World, right.
1: And I have never <laughs> heard that song before. Okay. And basically just I couldn't speak English, but that as soon as it started playing, I started crying.
0: Oh wow, that song spoke to you.
1: I just like it was like a life-changing moment for me. I didn't speak English, but I understood that song every word.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and this song just opened the world, like opened my eyes to how much suffering is out there. Right. And that's how much I'm responsible for to do my part. And that just,
0: like, that moment changed me, like, wow. I was
1: different after that.
0: It's amazing that yeah. a song can have that power, yeah. yes. Uh, you had mentioned this to me once before, and I meant, you yeah. know, when you said that, the first thing I said was, well, if you if you were inspired by We Are The World, did you know that was the second one? The first one was yeah. Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas? I know that song. That's... And, yeah, and both of these songs in the 80s I... were, were really represented a new wave of, like, celebrities and rock stars, Speaking up and saying, you know, we have a purpose. We have a cause in the world. Um, that's so cool. That, I, I mean, I. It's also. It was funny to me, as a person who lived through the eighties, that you you here now in 2022 are reaching back to like 1985 <laughs> for a song that inspires you which is great it just shows how nothing goes to waste you know a good deed from many years ago yeah. will s- inspire a young person today yeah. um so do you feel like you are the world now because we yeah. are the world <laughs>
1: yeah so we yeah, are the world was like especially like a long journey like after i heard a song i started doing research to learn more about the world because i didn't know much like i was in my little world before that and as soon wow. as I started understanding more about the world, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, oh my goodness, I had no idea this was suffering was out there.
0: When you say learn about the world, you mean like, learn about... I didn't know,
1: like, I didn't know, like, Africa, like, people suffering and, like, wars and things were just, like, something I heard about on TV and, like, on movies. Like, I haven't had, I didn't research them, I didn't know how much, money was there how things were working in the world, like, I was just in my little world. And I didn't know much about what's going on out there. Right. And it just, like, as soon as I started learning more, like, Yemen, Syria, like, Africa, like, yes. 20 million people are suffering, I'm like, oh my goodness, Not even Hungary has less population than that. Like, it's like, and it just, wow. like, it's kind of like, I, I was so overwhelmed that I felt helpless. I was like, how can I change this? Like, this just feels too much. So, it's like, I got everything on my shoulders mm-hmm. at once. And uh, so it was like I was crying every night For like months Really? I was like It, it was very really bad Like I just didn't I felt happiness That I
0: couldn't change things No, I'm just curious And I'm yeah. You know, I'm sort of Slowing you down Because I want to I want to yeah, understand yeah, your story Because yeah. this is so inspiring So I'm curious When you said Learned about the world Do you yeah. mean by watching videos oh, By I, reading books By talking to people How did you learn about I, the world? I
1: read books I, I researched on the internet I watched movies And movies like YouTube videos about like wars, mm-hmm. I had, like news. It could be like I didn't read
0: news. So you started following the news. So well, that'll news. that'll change it once. <laughs> once you start following the news, you realize how screwed up everything yeah, is. Yes, okay.
1: And I, I talked to my mom, like I asked my ask people like what's going on, how right. I going and yeah, yes, I started opening up about like what's going on, like what the words I'm doing. Like
0: you mentioned that one of your early concerns was climate, which mm-hmm. obviously today it all started, remains it, a gigantic. it's all, yeah. it all started after I heard the
1: song.
0: So how how did you um, become involved specifically in anti-war? Because you know many young people understand the s- severity of our climate crisis, but how did you how did you start learning about? global conflict and um, war this
1: way like the first after I heard the other word, the first thing I did was like learning about wars I started learning about wars because it, it sang about wars like it was the whole purpose of the other world was like wars and hunger right so I started wars learning about and hunger wars and yeah. hunger and that was like my main calling like to help people and uh, so like I started in my school I started building things up like started small and uh, climate change is like how to say it so I started in my school to do composting and things like that. And I got involved with climate change because I knew that it was affecting people's lives. Right. Like, that's how I, like, I cared about the environment, or the like, climate, environment is, like, very important for me. But for me, it's, like, the cable strike that is making people suffer. Right. So it's kind of, like, worse and, and, and hunger. It's making people suffer. Right. So I was just like, we have to stop this, because if we don't stop this, more people will suffer. So I just um, as I got more known in my school, like because of the things I have done in my school, people started reaching. I was like, Can you come for interviews? Can you talk to this person, that person? And it just like it got bigger and bigger and it got to the point where I just took charge of the whole, my whole region to like organize a climate change for a gratitude moment.
0: And
1: did, yes. Did so, you
0: always know that you were a leader? Like no. that you were okay.
1: I in my in my in my, in my, in my school in Hungary i was like very i was bullied a lot i was like physically bullied, mentally bullied i was failing school because of my disabilities and it's like i had like a very hard time for like really? many years of my if life. i can
0: ask you mentioned disabilities yeah. i don't know actually what you mean what um, do you mean it's
1: like um, i don't like talking about it but okay. no. okay so like when i was young i had like a very serious illness Okay. Which I almost... Which means I almost... Oh, my
0: gosh. Okay.
1: And uh, I wasn't supposed to survive that, but I did.
0: Uh, oh, so, okay.
1: It, it so, like, uh, it resulted like, my brain just... Uh, yeah, I had some problems in my brain. And even though I, I became healthy, like, luckily, it still, like, it still has some effects.
0: Wow. On me, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I could see how that, that would kind of m- make you destined for a, for a future... I mean, some miracle happened to keep you alive.
1: Yes. Yeah, so wow. It's like, well, I'm
0: glad it did. And <laughs> it's like
1: it's like when I heard the reality song, song, That's when I understood why I stayed alive.
0: That yeah, that's probably yeah.
1: That's like I was like, this is why
0: what I'm here for. Wow, nice. So tell me about founding an organization.
1: Well, I have started many Money many. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so Good it's for you. It like, I started in my school. I, I started the even went to a country at my school. I started the anti-bullying club. I which, which one? Say anti-bu- anti-bullying club? Anti- anti-bullying.
0: anti-bullying. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. That, and that's an interesting theme. I mean, war is really a form of bullying, isn't yes. it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, very interesting. I would like to get back to that. I didn't know <laughs> about the anti-bullying. Okay. So I started
1: anti-bullying, like suicide prevention. I started like a po- poetry club, like poetry work. Poetry. Poetry and then poverty, like hunger as well. So I have done things okay. for, like, what is people. That word? homeless people. Oh, okay,
0: homeless okay, people. sorry, got so it, okay. Yeah, so it's like, we have done collections from homeless
1: people, so I had lots of different
0: organizations. So you've, you're, yeah. so just in what you've just told me, you've covered, you've started organizations started for climate,
1: for.
0: peace, anti-war, yeah. anti-bullying, yes. homelessness, hunger.
1: Yeah, and i <laughs> Yeah. I wish
0: they were more like you. You're amazing. <laughs> how, how, how does it feel to be somebody who takes on the problems of the world at this young... I mean, to me, you're young. I, I know, by the way, when I was 20, I didn't think I was young. When I was 20, I, I thought I was, the, you know, very mature. And And you seem very mature to me. But how Are does you? it feel to be a younger person trying to solve the problems that older people created. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that something you think about or?
1: Um, like, like I said, like in back in my 16, like at 16 and 17, I was very overwhelmed. Like it was very hard for me because like I would see people suffering and I would see just, I would have to like watch people suffer and just like, try to help them and things like that. So it was very, very hard. Like if my, my mom had me out because I could talk to her. I could share with her how I felt but even it's like it was very hard to understand me because I was just very different like Mm -hmm. I just felt for the world more than like anybody in my family
0: right
1: and so it was very very hard for a long time but now I'm just fully used to it like last year when I was last year I was doing evacuation from Afghanistan so we evacuated people and it's like if I was doing that three years ago I would have died from like sadness but last year I just I I, I was strong enough to be able to do it without Really, how to say it, falling in depression after seeing all that suffering? Yes. So I think it just made me strong. Everything I have done in the past year just made me strong. And today I can leave the emotions out and just
0: focus on the work. It's, I'm getting the sense that um, you feel the suffering so strongly yeah. that forming organizations and, and becoming a leader is your way of handling the, the anguish that you would feel otherwise is that right I
1: think that it just I just feel like it's my duty Mm -hmm. like uh, I I could ignore it because I just I could just turn off the news and not hear about anything as
0: many people do like yeah like I
1: could just I could just choose to be like ignorant and I could just choose to like not do anything because it's too much but I just tend to be like I tend to just think about like how to say it everything I have done is like I didn't think I could do like when I, when I have done, when I have like these thousands of dollars to have homeless people. Yes. It's like I have seen I, like two years after that I had people coming to me like on the street and saying like their kids were inspired by me and like they, their kids are doing the, the similar work because of me. And it's like Oh wow. So you you
0: you already have hearing, followers hearing, now. yeah,
1: that is just like that was something that I'm like I can make a difference. It's like whatever I do it just makes a difference. And now it's just no matter what I do I just on that no matter how small it is it makes a difference and it makes me feel like my life is meaningful and that I'm living a life which I'm
0: supposed to That is so awesome I I, I would have to say I relate I I relate very much Um, So what do you actually do in these organizations like for instance the the organization rise for lives that's the one that when I met you you I you know I heard about that when I saw the website the website by the way is very impressive it's I not know. did you do that yourself or uh, I had
1: I, I had like I, we, we discussed the main things need to be done but I had people who I had my team members
0: that's uh, actually, that sh- proves you're a leader because the, the wrong answer <laughs> would be, oh yeah, I do the website myself, I do social media myself, I do publicity myself. No, the right way to do it is to form a team yeah. and have somebody else. Yeah, wonderful. You, you really seem to know what you're doing and that's, that's cool. Um, th- so w- what does Rise for Lives do? So, um, like I started
1: that for Lives in two thousand twenty with the hope to educate people about the world in Yemen because in New Zealand nobody heard about Yemen. And the way it like basically started is um I have started singing like about Yemen on MST. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I have started singing like ads on social media. Right. And I have not heard about Yemen before that. I went to my school and asked like, Hi guys, do you know about Yemen? Nobody even knew it existed and i was like okay this needs to change
0: wow now when you mean they didn't know the country know, of yemen existed know, like, they or they didn't know they the didn't war know, existed the neither right they don't yeah, yeah, they how know. can you know a war is going on in yemen if you don't even <laughs> know there is a country called yemen right yeah yes.
1: so it's like i was like new zealand needs to get more young leaders in, in free section because they just not enough knowledge about wars that's a lot for us with the hope to like organize a big big march for yemen so we could like get told. So that's how it started and um so our I I focus for the first few months was by Yemen. So we ran a national peace match for Yemen in New Zealand in 2021, in February. Okay. Which was like very successful. We had like hundreds of people coming. We were invited to the parliament. We went the news. Even the the, Vietnam, even the us.
0: Nice. By the way, is, New, yeah. is the government of New Zealand a party to the war in Yemen?
1: Um, it's a hard question. Like yeah. they, they have sent humanitarian assistance. But I don't think they are doing any, enough to, like, actually have in the war. Okay. They are just trying but to...
0: Hopefully, I mean, here in the United States, unfortunately, I, uh, we are a... I consider that our role in the Yemen war is to profit off of weapon uh, sales. The
1: point was to, like... So there were lots of companies in, in New Zealand who were profiting from the war. Like, Got it. And, and it turned out that, like, something late, and some information came out that the company was profiting from, from, the, from the war in Yemen. And it was just a big, big, big thing. And we were as a government to like do an uh, inter- independent inquiry into what companies are profiting from the war and stop this. That was one of our asks to the government to like actually find out which companies are benefiting. Nice. And the other one was like to send more humanitarian assistance and taking more refugees. And to also what is that? To also just send more diplomatic personnel so the war could be stopped. So we had like a few asks, I I don't call them demands because we try to be peaceful and we try to just, we we try to work together with people in power, like that's just my way of doing things. So we're just like asking them to do this. Right. And we were going to them, we were talking to politicians and things like that. So yeah, those were the main uh, and
0: what role did you play in this Peace
1: I was March? The, I was the whole... I, I started the whole... You started it? I couldn't Wow, okay. I, like, my organization, I started for lives, I started that for lives, and under that, we organized
0: the Peace March. Wow. See, it's, you're a very... You're a modest, humble person, because you said there was a Peace March. I didn't really... <laughs> you had started the Peace March with hundreds of people. Well, that's... That is freaking amazing. <laughs> I mean, good for you. Wow. Okay. Um, um, how did... How did... How did the people in your life react when you started doing this? Like, was. Oh.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just that like saying that you know, we started from that, but now it's now like lots of words and lots of different things. So, that was a lot of different things. But now we focus on more things, not just women. That's that Yes, wanted to
0: make sure, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: um. Oh, that's a hard question. Like, actually, that's like a very good one. Because, like, uh, I was have hoping to take action for peace, like, for years. Like, since I was 16, so I would be at the world. But uh, my family and people in my life, they were just like, it's very dangerous, don't do anything. You know, people profit from wars, and you shouldn't be, like, doing this because it's very dangerous. So I was kind of scared as a young person to do it. Like, I was scared to take action. I was hoping to start a movement for, like, ages, but I just went the camera face and I just forgot about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I just
1: felt like it was too... Scary for me to take action for this. Right. Because all I it heard, is scary. Because all I heard was just like, it's too dangerous, it's through everything.
0: And now, what would be an, an example of danger?
1: Like, um, <laughs> 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 let's say, um, like, uh, my family, my family, like, um, my friends have done a business in Hungary for like 20 years and they are very, like, knowledgeable about how things work in the world. Right. And uh, they were just like, they heard, they heard about lots of activists who were hurt. Yes. And things like that. Yes. And I don't, I, I don't know if it's because of those things or if it was just an accident or things like that. But they just took it to the way that it's dangerous to take action for peace. Right. And it was kind of like a one sided view, and because I was young, I couldn't understand that. Like I was thinking that it's dangerous. I just accepted what the was were saying, and I, 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 if, if I, if I could go back, I wouldn't have accepted it. Right. I would have started a lot
0: earlier. <laughs> wow, <laughs> good for you. But so yeah.
1: they, they weren't happy about it at all. Like they were really against. I mean, not again. My mom, my mom always supports me, but she, but they were quite. They were like, don't, don't do this. Like focus on parenting. Right. They were just like, not, not, not. <laughs> and
0: you were like, nope, I'm doing <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's what I, mean. I, I was just like, yeah. okay, it's time to just, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it whether really you like it or not. <laughs> and then they just started to like, yeah, get used to it. And- No, they just trust me and don't
0: ask me anything, yes. Very cool. Would you mind, if I I want to cover, you know, a few things in your (laughs) life. You are the first person on this podcast from Hungary. Yeah. Um, And I really, one thing I really value about this podcast is I talk to people from different parts of the world. Hungary is very much a flashpoint in the world right now. Um, For one reason, here in the United States, and I wonder what your perspective is on on this. You know, many people who are let's say, Trumpists who who follow Trump consider Victor Orban to be a model for for a new kind of, you know, I guess we could call it global fascism. Um, and he's actually been celebrated by, by people in the Republican Party and on Fox News. I'm not sure, you know, you not being from here, I'm not sure how much of this has translated to you, but... I, I'm really interested in. Um, t- can you tell me? Actually, be even before we talk about all this, t- tell me about your your environment that you grew up in. Like, did you grow up in a city, a town, I, like?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Budapest.
0: Okay, so that, that,
1: that's the, the capital of Hungary. So it was like a big
0: city. The capital, yeah. Yeah. Like, what can you tell me about about Hungary and like what what? What does it mean to you to be Hungarian, and you know do you identify as Hungarian? Is that something that you carry with you
1: hmm. <laughs> Well, Hungary is quite uh, different like politically it's very it's very very hard to be an activist like that's why my friends were just kind of very worried because they grew up in Hungary that's
0: where and you in got in the Hungary impression is, that it's and, dangerous to be an uh, activist uh, yeah, and it's like it's
1: very. Like, very uh, hard, like, lots of complicated systems, lots of, like, political, lots of corruption, lots of politi- political things, like, even, in, even if you to run a company, you have just so much to worry about, like, you just can't even focus on your job because there's just so much paperwork, so much to focus on, it takes, like, ages to just, like, start a foundation, like, you just it's very, 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 really? like, very different, like, very bureaucratic and very corrupt, the whole country, like, not the people, but the government, of course and so I think it was just very I, I would say that it was just very different to like New Zealand like it was very 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 different even like the whole mindset of people like in Hungary that is like you can barely find young people like us like they just know people tend to believe with themselves and just like
0: are, so Yeah. are you saying that if you were still in Hungary you might not have been able to do what you're doing um, right now
1: I think I wouldn't have had the uh, outside impressions and outside things I have seen in New Zealand, in Hungary. I think I wouldn't have gotten those, right. how to say, information or, or those impressions or right.
0: those
1: things that I have been able to see and hear about in New Zealand because in Hungary there's just uh, not much talk about it and not much information. They just seem to focus on Hungary and that's it.
0: Right. Um, now. Have you dug back into the history of Hungary's Soviet years when it was under, you know, behind what's called the Iron Curtain um, and was under, you know, Soviet domination? It's, It's interesting for me to hear you say that things are bureaucratic, that there's a lot of paperwork, because when I grew up, you know during the, during the time when i was learning about the world hungary was was very much behind the iron curtain and the impression of all the countries in eastern europe was that there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of bureaucracy that's kind that was kind of the image but we believed that it was because they were communist countries now hungary has had a re- has had a revolution you know I've, i'm not sure how, i shouldn't Characterize it. You're from Hungary. I'm not, but Hungary. A lot has changed, and yet, what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of bureaucracy. Yeah. So, would you say that? How would you characterize the the government there? How would you characterize it? Is it a democracy? Is it? Um, um but it, I, I think like when I
1: lived in when I lived in Hungary, it was a lot worse, today. Right, Okay. Like uh, when I lived in Hungary, okay. you couldn't, like, if you protest, if you went to a protest, you could get, like, gas, like, steel gas, and right. you could, like, you could get, like, bans, and, and you could get even hurt. It was a democ- It was a democracy, always in my lifetime, but it was, like, it didn't really feel that safe.
0: Okay. Like, you can,
1: of course, vote, and you can protest, but it wasn't safe. And, like, if it went against the interest of, you know, yes. certain people or government or whatever, it was just not safe. But now, when I went home, actually, I have seen that it's different than it used to be. Like now, young since since the movement started for young people, like the climate kind of movement, like I heard that they could protest, that they could get permission to protest, and it actually got better than it used to be.
0: Nice. Okay. Now, would you would you say that things have changed in, with the government under Orban?
1: Um, I'm not too sure because Orban has been the minister when I was when I was younger. So okay. Orban was like uh, he, he's the only person I remember. There was somebody else before him, but I was very young, so I didn't follow what he was doing. So Orban was like the only president I have seen. Okay,
0: again. really? Okay. Yes. And I have to confess, I don't know as much about the his, the recent history of, of this country yeah, as Orban, I should, Orban so.
1: was like, Orban has been the president for like over ten years.
0: Okay. Um, what would you say is the Hungarian people's sense of who they are in the world? Like, are, are they proud to be?
1: Uh-huh. Uh, who, <laughs> Most of them want to live.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but I wish our listeners could see your face when you were like, hmm. <laughs> um, okay, I didn't know that. And is that for economic reasons? Yeah, it's, just, it's just
1: very hard, like... It's like even to like the Hungarian, you have to like work very, very hard and very, very much to like even to, to get the job to be able to afford it, and it's like you have to pay lots of tax. I mean, like in most countries, you know, but it's like, yeah, just the whole how to say it, like the whole money system is just for like nothing. Like you can't even compare it to like the US because it just you literally like couldn't afford like to live here from like Hungarian point for a week. Because it's like you have to work so much, to like make how to say it, to make it up, you know, make right. for the well. I don't know if I'm making sense,
0: but yes, my whole yes. point is
1: that like people just don't like see a future for their kids. Like lots of kids, they send kids like overseas, or they they move overseas, so their kids would have a better future. Because like they see that there is they can go nowhere with Hungarian a degree a and degree. Like you will go nowhere with a Hungarian degree. You know, it's like most people want to. Lots of people, like, when I was younger, it was it was different. Lots of people couldn't speak English. Like, people couldn't speak English. So when they have the, when they had a the degree, they couldn't do anything with it because it was, like, a Hungarian degree.
0: Right.
1: But actually, so, yeah, I would say people like to move out because of their kids' future, because of job opportunities. There is not enough job opportunities. There is just no way out, I would say. Like, they, they don't see the future to, like they don't see when they're able to work less because even they like even the when you get older and you retire, you can't even survive from the money that you get.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Yeah, so it just like really there's no future you. Would you
0: would you yeah. say that um, I mean here in the United States I would say we definitely have a class a class divided society. I mean even here in Brooklyn, you know, on one side of this park is one of the wealthiest communities in the world, Park Slope, which is the other side. side you and I both are on is not, not quite the, the wealthier side, but you know, and, and then there, right here in Brooklyn, we, we can see examples of extreme poverty and, and some of the wealthiest communities in the world. Is Hungary like that?
1: Hey, I would say yes, like uh, there are lots of wealthy people. And they own they own like almost a lot, a lot, a lot they own of right. like it's like I won't say their name but it's like there is like one person who is very rich and he just bought like all the hotels in Hungary, like almost all the hotels and it became so expensive to go to like on holiday to like a nearby lake or like a nearby right. holiday place because they just bought everything and it just made it so expensive that it just people can't afford to travel within right. the country itself. So I would say that Lots of, people, like, lots of these people exist, but they don't go close to the
0: poor people. Like they, they tend to just live in their own areas and their own. And that is like here. Yeah, yeah I mean, like own. here in New York City. The, yeah, the, the there are different class class divided communities that simply don't mix and often never meet each other. Um, so maybe, maybe Hungary and the United States are more similar than different. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, thank you for letting me ask you, you know, serious questions about because I know it's not easy to talk about <laughs> these things. Um, how how did you how did you um, what was your impression of the other countries of the world while you were in Hungary? Did you feel that did you feel that like there was an ideal government out there? You know That's the that that having... thing
1: is like when I was 15 I mean when I was 15 I didn't even know much about it because it was just like in, even in school, they, they didn't teach things which they should. Okay. Have. Like we only one we were like well like, let's say England on the map. Right. But they didn't even teach us like even in Africa. I knew like Africa existed, but I had no idea that like, I had no idea that people were suffering there. were like, right. like I was thinking that there's lots of like a different population and it's like we are different. Like I I didn't have the sense how connected we were or like how right. the world right. was like. I just learned the history and I just learned like where things are on the map, but I wasn't taught how the world is and what is going on out there. Right. I think it's like that's the main focus of the Hungarian education system, just it just makes you very close-minded.
0: Yes. I, yeah, I'm curious if it's more similar or more different than ours, because here, you know, here in, in, in my education, for instance, we also certainly never learned about Africa, but we did learn about Europe and Asia never learned about South America, never, you know, never learned about the global South, but we did learn some things. I'm getting the feeling that our, our backgrounds, our countries are not that different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, if, if I can keep sort of going in order and I want to, I want to ask you about, you know, what happened after you moved to New Zealand first, but also I want to, you know, being from Europe, there is now a, horrifying war in yeah. not far from Hungary in between Ukraine and Russia. Can you tell me about your your understanding of what's going on? you're much closer to it than I am. What do you think of what's going on in Ukraine?
1: Um, well what I think is that it could have it could all well have been avoided.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> but
1: I think it just it was that in a very childish way, if I'm being honest and yeah it to me it just comes across as when i was hitting the ball like when i was in university when i was in February when i was hearing about the wall starting like me and some of my team members tried to do something to like stop it because we were like we were, people are like this this one start like put you in the choking. i'm like watch right. it yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> And we we're just trying to stop it, and we we're just like let's do something to stop it. But even yes. even like even like politicians in New Zealand did they don't take it serious, right? And like people didn't take Putin serious until it
0: happened. Until yes. it happened,
1: and we are just like okay, now what? And from the right. start, all I right. all I have been saying is just criticizing Putin. Uh, yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, I don't know, Ukraine. Just saying tip, like best of luck, Putin. And I get it, but I just think that it's very bad how it's been dealt with, like how it's just like it's like in kindergarten yeah. when you, 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 like, you yell at each other and keep fighting you just like the world won't stop by yelling at each other
0: right right and
1: that's what's happening and the, like, you're
0: right it's so avoidable it's so and, much could have been avoided with the slightest diplomacy
1: yeah and it's like I, I don't support any politicians like even the Hungarian government like I have had lots of my family had lots of problems because of the Hungarian government and, and lots of people that had but in this, this particular scenario right like now I support how Orban is dealing with this, because I think he is the only, like, from what I have seen, he is the only person who actually says, this needs to be done in a diplomatic way, and this needs to stop. Right. And everybody else, all I'm hearing is that Putin is this, Putin is that. Right. But I'm not seeing... I extra, mean, some countries
0: are joining NATO. I'm not, I'm not yeah. seeing
1: actual adult thinking, and right. I think that in this... And I'm not saying that Orban is doing it for himself, like, Orban is doing it for his own interests, probably.
0: Right, But I understand, but it's like, yes.
1: Even if he's doing it for himself, I, I don't know, I can't know that. But on top of all that, I think that he's
0: dealing with this in a very alone way. Right. But, I mean, anybody who stands up for diplomacy yes. between Russia and Ukraine, in my opinion, is a voice that needs to be yes. heard. Because diplomacy is the only thing that's going to change this nightmare, this disaster. I mean, you know, knowing you as somebody who is sensitive to suffering. When you think about the suffering that is being caused, buildings being blown up right now as we speak. You know there are buildings burning because the two sides are hurling bombs at each other and missiles, um, and people dying right now. And there's no end in sight.
1: I know, and it's just like so. What I think is, what I think is, if I'm being honest, is that I'm not feeling that people in Kabul want to end this. Like uh, as right. much as I hate to say this and I don't want to say this, I just feel like they are like it doesn't make any sense how they right. are dealing with this. Right. And if I was if I was like a younger person, like let's say like I talk to some younger people in Hungary, and they are just feeling that people want this war, like they like people in power want this war to happen. Like yes. If you don't want something, like if you don't want somebody to fight, you want not yell at them. Right. You want you know it's like all oh, people in power are doing is criticizing Putin and as much as he deserves it because he's green people. Right. This is just one side of the story. Right. And I don't care who is wrong and who is right. I don't
0: care. All I care about is the one ending. Right, right. Well, you know, you you talked about kindergarten. You said this is like kindergarten. Yeah, it is. In, in a way, it's worse because in kindergarten, there's there's no profit motive. I know, I if know. A, if a kid in kindergarten smacks another kid with a lunchbox, you <laughs> no. know, that's not... There isn't another kid make, getting rich off of that. Yeah. But in this case, I mean, I, I I certainly see the profit motive both for fossil fuels. Nord Stream 2, you know, was a big part of what led to this war sanctions. Um, yeah, I, I mean, as I see it, this is an economic war that turned into a physical war that yeah. is murdering people. I I have to tell you, Timmy, you... you you get it (laughs) you know you really get it and that's amazing and i you know i'm so as and by the way when you talked about how you and your team were desperately hoping to wishing to stop it as it was happening how do you think it felt for us at world beyond war here we are we're an organization whose entire purpose is to turn back the tide of war and in january and february uh a major war broke out in Central Europe for the first time in decades, and we were unable to do anything but speak. You know, thank God we still have freedom of speech, um, but it's a horrible feeling of powerlessness to be an anti-war activist as an entire continent (laughs) breaks out into a new war. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Do, do, Do you feel Despair about this, you know, as I do, like how like do you how do you deal with
1: I think that um, I, I I cried a lot at the start.
0: Mm.
1: But yeah. it just means like I just I go to a point where I just cry once and I just get up and do something. Right. Like it just means like I don't crying don't, don't have anybody. and right. that's what I'm telling myself it's like crying and complaining and hiding out on the bed won't have anybody
0: instead you're going like, to take action like, you're going to so was stuff. like I
1: was telling myself okay I'm going to do everything everything I can like everything everything in my power to stop this war and I'm not going to I'm not going to stop until I have done I, I have contributed something major to end the war
0: that's the way to do it and you will make a difference it does make a difference you know it's it, it is a horrible feeling of ho- helplessness, but let's remember every single person we talk to, you know, you may you may have a conversation with somebody and not even realize that you've changed their life. But, yeah. you know, so I'd like to now hear about um, going to New Zealand. What was it like going from Hungary to New Zealand as, as a aware, conscious person? What was that transition like?
1: Um, when I was moving there, I wasn't very aware. Like
0: okay, I not was, okay. It was after you were in New Zealand. Okay. after like, I heard Oh, of course, that's right. Audience. What you said, yeah. So I um, that that was
1: like when I when my eyes opened to the right. red, like it was kind of like being put from like a box into like an ocean. Yes. It was kind of like that. So it's like I just uh, I was very it kind of opened opened the whole world for me. Like, I started understanding different cultures, meeting new people, learning a new language, and understanding more about the world. So I think it was just very Mm eye-opening and very life-changing that I had this opportunity. Like, I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to move to New Zealand because it just, yeah... It was basically just, like, me seeing a side of the world which I have never seen before.
0: Right. So... I'm curious. Like, do you have a a group of friends who are as dedicated to this as you are, or have your activist team members become your main friends? Or, you know, I'm curious. Like, what is it like balancing a a social life with oh being an gosh. activist? <laughs> That's
1: like my my biggest skill. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that for years. Um, I. I, I have I know lots of people and I, I know like lots of people like from around the world and New Zealand and Hungary and I have friends like I have friends and a few close friends and I have like adult, adult, I have adult friends as well and but in, I mean I mainly meet them to work like I mainly work with them and that's how we become friends but it's like once we stop working it's very really hard to keep in touch right so it's like what I find is like I just work like I have to work a lot to make things work and I just don't have the time, like, to, even to, like, reply back to people. Like, sometimes I don't get back to people in, in, in like, two weeks. Right. And it's just, like, I just don't... I see
0: how busy you are just trying I to just, make plans with you for this I, podcast. I, I just, see you. <laughs> yes, you are all over the place. I in just, a good way. That's a, That sounds like a, yeah, you're,
1: so it's you don't like, stop, yeah. So it's, like, it's, it's really hard. Like, I have, I have five buddies. sorry about this for a long time because I tried to balance, balance it. And I just couldn't, so I no. had to like make a sacrifices and just, I have a few close friends where I hang, like, I can meet with once a month, so like we talk, but only like most people I only talk to like once and every months so, or like meet or we work together, but I wouldn't say that I have time for like a very, very huge group of friends and I don't think it's needed. Having a few people who you can count on is, is enough. For. Yeah. And it's like, I know some people like even this person I'm saying with like, they're not friends. I wouldn't say they are friends but there are people who I can count on like on right. connections.
0: Allies, partners, yes. team members. Yes. So yeah. it's
1: like I try to be good with everybody and I try to develop connections but it's like I struggle to keep up with things. I just struggle to keep up with communication and things like that because I just don't there's
0: just no time or energy. Right. Do you feel that time is is one of the hardest things? Like are you are you the type of person who always has more to do than you have time oh, to do? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I wish it wasn't okay. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um i would like to know about the types of people you're meeting like what you're doing is you're going you're going around meeting people this is how i met you i met you through liz right liz Swall hughes who is mm. by the way she's a wonderful contributor to world beyond war she's a board member she's, she's one of the first people who was on this podcast by the way
1: She's amazing. Yeah. I her.
0: so you, it was through her that i met you and i'm imagining you meet lots of people through lots of people tell me about the what is it when you, like, for instance, you're here in New York mm-hmm. to to get, I'm, I think, as I understand, to get your movement to the next level. Is that right? Um, or,
1: so I'm here because of one of my projects. Okay. We are creating a youth peace solution there for Ukraine, which is going to be listing solutions to end the war in Ukraine. So this is like a new piece there.
0: And when you which, say we, who is we?
1: Like my team. For Rise us. for Lives. My yeah. team and our partners. Okay. So, um, this is like a new idea which we came up with after the war started. Okay. So we came up with the idea of creating a new solution, a new peace solution there, which would have like new ideas and new ways of ending this war. And we, and I'm here in New York to talk to people, the uh, politicians, uh, peace advocates, organizations, and everybody just to like get a deeper understanding of war, how things work, and what could be the solution because in New Zealand, not many people know about, they don't understand war, they right. don't know much, like, you can't find people in, who work with war in New Zealand. So it's like coming to the UN and this community, like, Like, like in one week I learned so much. Right. Like, for meeting like, three people, I learned more than I, I could in New Zealand in my year.
0: So what types of people? <laughs> like, when you, like, I'm curious because, you know, New York is not Washington, D.C. This is not I'm where to our government... I
1: Washington,
0: D.C. as well. Oh, you did, okay. I'm
1: going after You're New going
0: York. after this, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, and there you'll meet it. You'll meet a ton of politicians. Yeah. We have we have a lot of movers and shakers here, but the politicians don't don't tend to be here. Um, what what types of interactions have you had with people?
1: Like I I met with peace, peace, peace activists, UN mm-hmm. people, and I went to like some events, like with, with like peace 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 related events and like community events, and on Monday I'm going to the event.
0: To the UN, yes, great. The UN. And what are you doing there? I'm,
1: I'm, I was selected. I was selected for like, a, I was one of the twenty young people who was selected to like go on a tour and like hear people speak at the UN. Awesome. Like to like an interactive meeting, people basically. So I was invited to go, and and it, it was a very good chance for me to like tell people about what we are doing and get support, because eventually we want to like uh, present our plans to the United Nations. So we want to be able to present our quiz to the United Nations like offer them questions on how the work would be ended. Right. So being here is really important because I can,
0: build up the connections I need to be able to get to the places to make the difference, yes. Very cool. Um, of course, the UN is a controversial topic. You know, <laughs> many of us, I, I believe the UN was founded for the right reasons, but I'm not, I just don't feel it's effective. It's not playing no, a role. it's not. It's, it's, it's not. That we have no united nations what we have is a planet at war destroying <laughs> itself, <laughs> which is it. not my idea of a united nation it's just yeah
1: It just too like what I'm saying is it's just too bureaucratic. like to yeah, too. yeah they, they, they put a lot of effort into things which make things work like even like all the speeches like even just like advising like if I was in the UN I would say like we should advise why them what he says because right. the thing that he's saying that's making things work Right, right. Like, if the UN if I was in the UN I would say okay, we have to stop I'm not saying Biden, the the US government, let's say the US government. Because yeah. like the message they are sending is just making things worse. So Putin to do even more about things. Like it's like this is not about egos.
0: Right. And
1: that's what I'm saying. It's it has been about egos so far. Yeah. Like who is right and who is wrong and I don't care who is right and who is wrong. They should be saying things which I'm which have made things better and they're not doing that. They are wasting right. their time on
0: things which are not making a difference. Yeah. You know, you say about egos, uh, I think we each have our different worldviews. I I sometimes think our biggest problems are not so much egos as money. <laughs> it's about no, money ego, and ego, money, but the ego, two
1: go ego, together. Ego, yeah. ego creates money,
0: because yes. when, you hate, when you think that you are right, then then you just
1: don't see the other person's view.
0: Right, right. And, and that's, and what,
1: that's yeah. what's happening in, in the US. Like, uh, the US just thinks that they are the right one and everybody is like everything that Putin is the evil and he he is i mean he's killing people but uh, there is a saying in Hungary like the smarter you like when somebody is smarter uh-huh they they, they are the more successful like if you are being stupid because you think that you are right and you are saying things which are make, make you feel superior right that's not gonna have that of the situation
0: yes right
1: yes
0: in other words the, the results are what matter like yes. yeah Right, and it's like criticizing Putin.
1: This won't do
0: any good. Well, I I mean, I consider Putin to be a fascist warmonger, Just like yes. I consider every other leader of of Western nations to be fascist warmongers these days. Um, I don't. I just. I just don't think it's fair to um, ignore the the fact that this build up to the war yeah. w- w- was two sided. It's like. And, it's like. Yeah.
1: It's like, Putin is Putin is like, if you kill somebody, you have like Right. You know, it's a fact. Right. But it's like, I think that he, that is more to the And that Putin is, um, Putin made a very bad choice, uh, quite a few, like everybody else. But it's like, I think that he would be, it's quite a bad view for my side, but it's like, what I'm feeling is that if the United Nations, or like United, United States, and like other countries were more willing to actually let up the situation. I think that it could be resolved.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So you said your 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 purpose in being here for New York in New York is, to, is Ukraine related. It's UK. What UK, yeah. difference can you make?
1: <laughs> um, I'm hoping we, like I already talked to lots of people, and we are finding solutions on how the world could be ended. And basically, like once I talked to lots of people, and once we call you to the right people and make the right connections we're going to add all the ideas together that we find and we have a peace committee and every idea we find to how to end the war like ways to end the war mm-hmm. that peace community is going to analyze everything and the case solution that we find is going to be making the peace deal and once the peace deal is done it's going to be opening all the solutions that have to be done to end the war in Ukraine. Yeah. And I will take that video with my team and we will go to United Nations, the White House, oh, European really Parliament, NATO, United and this, and this is what needs to happen.
0: Awesome. This, this
1: is what we will do. And if they don't understand, we, we will be doing the protesting part. Nice. Because it's just like, this is enough, enough to them. <laughs> but it's like what we need to do, is like, like my experience is that when politicians, you meet with politicians, they ask you, okay, tell me what I should do. It's like if, if you don't know how the work will be ended, you don't know. Like you are just, right. having, you are not having the problem. Right. So that's what I said before telling people, before telling those in power what should be done, we have to first learn and make a plan what should be done.
0: Yes, right. And have, have some right. problem.
1: So once we go to them, we can tell them, okay, this is what needs to happen.
0: Right. Well, to me, I have to say what you're doing is amazing. It's yeah. so inspiring. Thank you. I'm Even more important then telling them what to do is simply showing up as you're doing, showing up, saying, I'm putting my life here, I'm putting my body here, I'm putting my time here to end this horror. And that's, I think, even more important than any words (laughs) is the fact that you are dedicating your life to this. And yeah, that's what it's about. That is what it's about. you know, I think we've had pretty good luck taping here, recording here outdoors. Um, it's getting—we're getting to lunchtime, and it's getting—it's getting noisier. So we probably should wrap up. Are there any topics I haven't asked you about that you think would be good to—you know—things you want to talk about to the listeners of this podcast? Um, I just
1: want to say that I think what I have been saying is that um, people really have us Like I talked about of people. And people don't think that the war can be ended. Like, they feel that the only way to end this war is to put sanctions on Russia and, like, basically keep this war going until Russia gives up. Right. Which is Many people
0: think there will be a regime British, change.
1: Which yeah. quite, uh, I would say, unrealistic. Yes, war, unrealistic, it take yeah. take years and years and years. Like, China and Russia together are so strong that we don't even know. Right. And it's like, this is like, kind of hoping that, you know, the elephant will just die and we just wait until it dies. But it doesn't matter how many people it's going to kill right so it's like this is a very bad view we can't be waiting until you know Russia feels that they will give up because it could take years and it could take so many hours
0: and when it takes years it's going to take lives yeah so
1: that's one thing it's like my whole point is I want people to change their view and I want people to focus on just focus on what could be done because I feel that people have lots of good ideas and if they open their mindset and they start to like think and start to put effort into it Anybody, even like a kindergarten child, could find a solution that could have make all the plant. So I think that it just, people need to stop being ignorant and just choose yes, the easy Yes, right. Because the easy way is not always the right
0: way. Stop being ignorant, that's yeah. a really and good start.
1: Like, so I'm just like, um,
0: yeah.
1: my whole message is just, try to do something and not listen to, to anybody who says that you shouldn't do something. Like I talked to NATO, I talked to somebody from NATO a few days ago and he was saying to me, like he, he was working with NATO. Up, and he told me at the end that i shouldn't give up because i should be keep going
0: good good and
1: this was very nice to hear from somebody like that yes so it's like you see it's like nothing is impossible and if you are willing and if you're open-minded and if you don't give up i believe we can all make a difference and we just should we should all do our part.
0: that's what it's about to me yes well thank you again for being here this has been a great discussion Um, And we are, you know, World Beyond War is your ally. Um, (laughs) Let's have our organizations work together. And you and I are going to stay in touch too. Um, So thanks again. listening to today's podcast. Our podcast is now available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Don't forget to give
1: us a rating. Visit worldbeyondwar.org to learn more about the social and environmental impacts of the war machine and get involved in the movement for a world beyond war.